0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of
1: Zang Vass.
0: Oh, uh, you got me, Zinger. You got me, Berg. And we are being joined by a very special guest for this retrospective. Sir, introduce yourself.
2: Hey guys, I'm Jay. I'm the host of Project Skeptic.
0: So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Project Skeptics. I'm sure our listeners have heard your promos, but want to hear it from the man themselves.
2: So yeah, it's uh it's a weekly and semi weekly look into odd, weird conspiracy. Not all conspiracy. We do murders, and I did uh, missing gold, missing gold treasure this week. So it's always just something strange and something that catches my eye, and I can dive down, you know, a couple hours of research into.
0: Awesome, Uh, you have done some fantastic episodes. Um, Also, you were one of the few podcasts I have found myself yelling in public at through you guys trying to either not remember something or it's like, Oh, what is that called? And I'm like, it's called this.
2: Yeah. So, I, that was funny. The day that you messaged me about that. And I was like, oh, I, I knew somebody was going to call me out on it too.
0: um Also, th- th- this one is one. I'm not trying to call you out on this one here, but you guys did the Kecksburg. uh It's, I believe it's called Cyrillic writing is the Russian type or what the Russian type of writing is called. Cyrillic. Uh-
2: yes i know what exactly what part you're talking about yep. because it was one of those things i just i sometimes i'll be doing this and I'll, I'll draw a blank but now that we've been doing it more and i can get into the editing more and stuff like that we'll actually stop and i'll look stuff up
0: so which is great I like think- i said you guys do a great job it's just like i said i have found it with with your guys's show i'm just like ah but great stuff out there pleasure to have you on um like I said, today's a retrospective on topics we have covered in the past, and I'm going to revisit because Eric was not on for most of these episodes, or I'd like to get an update opinion because doing over, th- we have technically done over 300 episodes of Zingness. Good, great. Uh, I know, I know. 280, this should be 285, I think. See, I was about to say, even recording the episode, I don't remember what we're at, but we're closing in on that 300 numbered episode. So, like I said, we have done 200, it's the 85th episode of Zingness, numbered episodes, because we did do, we've done a few that are specials or stuff that we just don't number, which I have learned a very valuable lesson uh, to new podcasters. Uh, if you want good organization, number every episode. It makes it a lot easier when you're going back through older files or just don't get to 300 episodes, whichever works <laughs> easier for you. Are, are, are you taking yeah, notes, I, Jay?
2: Yeah, I have been. I've numbered um, my midweeks or are, are, all, are all numbered midweek. And then my my main episodes for the mi- for the week are in numerical order until I mess it up. Perfect.
0: Perfect. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Foresight is there. So, like I said, we will be going back through some older topics, and there are a few that Eric has been on for. I have the episode numbers. I did not get the dates because the uh, Apple Podcast messed up a few. I know the few of the dates are messed up, so that's why I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to use the dates for each of these. But with that being said, Jay, you are here for great color commentary on this. You are also uh, apparently a nerd as well, and I hope that's not coming as a surprise to you or anyone else.
2: No, no, not at all. I, I enjoy a, a little bit of uh, everything. We're talking about you know video games and, and movies and stuff like that. I'm I I've been into that stuff for, oh, for as far back as I can remember.
0: Awesome, and we have been into the cryptid and paranormal and Cygnus, So it's a nice bit of crossover. Speaking of crossover, our first thing I'd like to hit Eric with, and yourself, Jay, and our listeners, is. Episode sixty-seven of Zingness Troll Hunter with the Not Alone podcast. Not done yet. Episode one hundred and ninety-one of Zingness Troll Hunter rewatch with Into the Portal. Finally, (laughs) episode two thirty-six of Zingness Night at the Roundtable Troll Hunter. Of course, the Roundtable episodes are the nights at the Roundtable are done with Derek Hayes and from monsters among us and david floor from blurry photos so while this has been a obvious favorite of zingness eric have you ever seen troll hunter is troll hunter
1: that's that's not the one with like the giant kaiju sized troll is it yeah it is is it It is okay yes so (laughs) that answer should tell you yes i have seen it I cannot remember anything about it though. (laughs) Okay. I did see it though, and I remember it, and I completely forgot it existed. And then you start talking about it. I'm like, wait a second. I think I've seen this. Yes, I have seen this, and I don't remember a thing about it other than there was a giant kaiju sized troll in the background.
0: Great mythology, great stuff in it. I know that there is three other episodes of me discussing it on this particular feed. So that's the thing. I'm like, I don't know if Eric's ever seen this. Are we going to have a fourth episode of Zingness discussing it? Well, he's seen it, so probably not. (laughs) jay have you ever had the um the fortune of seeing the movie troll hunter
2: i absolutely love that movie
0: perfect yes (laughs) yes it's it is great it was one of those i did not expect it to be as good as it was and i'm sure i've talked about this i introduced ellie to it and it was one of those her rolling her eyes being like what are you getting me into and she also fell in love with the movie as well great movie anytime you can watch it or anytime i have to come up with a movie to watch apparently for a come up with a movie to watch for a crossover episode apparently i go to the well of troll hunter or i guess the bridge of troll hunter because that's where they (laughs) of course exist uh by the way i'm doing these in no particular order i was just going through picking out what i can remember that eric's been on or hasn't been on so next one if if you guys don't mind me moving on i'm going to try to not plow through these, but, of course, get through some of them. So the next one was episode 117. So for fans of this franchise that has a meaning to it, Halo franchise discussion. Eric, do you have any history with the Halo franchise? I,
1: I do. I played primarily the first two. I mean, the first one, I mean, the Xbox came out my senior year of high school. I didn't know anyone who had one until a year later when I went to college. And uh, played a lot of Halo Land parties with with friends in college, mm-hmm. and then uh, two came out. I believe that was my junior year of college, and of course, that one had like full online. So I definitely had lots of matches online, many 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 late nights with my friends playing uh, people from around the world. So uh, I do I do enjoy. It. They're they're really fun shooters. Uh, I've never played. I watched some people, some friends play through the story of three. But I don't think I ever did any of the multiplayer, and then I haven't done anything beyond. Like I don't think I've even seen other other than like videos online or presentations at E3 and stuff like that. I've never really looked too much into uh, anything beyond three. But the first two games, I definitely have some some fun memories with.
0: Jay, what about you? What is your familiarity with the Halo franchise?
2: So I bought an Xbox on day one. So whenever Xbox and Microsoft said they were coming out with a system, I bought it on day 1 and I have played every single Halo. I've played every single campaign through them. Uh they get blurry in the middle of there because you played so much of them and they mm-hmm. ran all they ended up running all together. But I remember, you know, running a running a cable from the modem to my Xbox to get on Halo 2 just to play the gulch you know just mm-hmm. to play the yeah. online i, I love I love. halo i always have I just I, I got away from the playstation when i was when i got the xbox and i've had xbox ever since
0: um controversial statement on zignus we are solidly in nintendo camp um and playstation but have you played infinite yet
2: yes okay. i have uh I have struggled and screamed at the screen. I'm getting too old to play uh, competitive online
0: shooters. (laughs) (laughs) I am right there with you. Uh, I'm playing it on PC. And uh, according to Steam, I have logged 50 hours into it already. And it feels like I've just started playing it, to be honest. Like it's gone by like a breeze. Uh, I, I'm loving infinite storyline, uh, campaigns kind of, it exists. I'm I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. If, I mean, if we do a review of it at some point, cool, if not, it exists, the open world thing's kind of cool. Uh, have you played any of the campaign yet, Jay?
2: No, I got on to play it, um, Friday and I realized that it wasn't downloaded. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, 19 gig. I think it is it's downloaded now. I just haven't with you know the weekend and everything. Mm.
0: Have haven't not dug, dug in yet. All right. Um so that was, and of course, for anyone wondering, um Jay, why what's the significance of one one seven?
2: One one seven? Yeah. The the Spartan one one seven? Yes. Oh,
0: I just meant of, like, kind of who me is it? Right who, I was about to say, who That's is Ma- Spartan One One Seven?
2: Master Chief.
0: Yep. Uh, back when I c- remember to numerically do episodes and make sure to pick pick out stuff, uh, I made sure that episode One One Seven was a Halo discussion for the exact reason of, of course, John Spartan One One Seven Master Chief. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Yes, there 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 are a few more I've I've gotten in there, but I forgot the to do the Simpsons whatever what what is it episode one hundred and twenty thirty
1: eight yeah episode whatever.
0: spectacular, which I really wish we had just done a Zingness episode one whatever episode spectacular, but you know what opportunities were missed. Um, still upcoming a three hundred discussion for our three hundredth episode, so stay tuned for that in fifteen episodes. Ugh. God, that's coming up quick. Um. Speaking of numbered episodes, uh, when I wasn't numbering episodes, the Star Wars special. This was the start of our movie specials all the way back in when we began this. Um, But the first episode was, what order do you watch Star Wars in? And there was a long, drawn-out discussion on this. And the fun part is, I actually found the Google document from this discussion. So I have the different orders and everything. And mind you, um, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker were not available at the time of the recording of this episode. Also, Solo was not in there as well. Rogue One had come out because there's another topic I want to ask you about. And, of course, um, Force Awakens was also out. So, Eric, as the ever-present host of zignus what order do you watch star wars in do you want options because i have options written down that we went over so I'm,
1: okay let me guess what the options are i guess the options are chronological start with episode one work your way up
0: mm-hmm. then i'm guessing there. that's the numbered order
1: yes then i'm guessing there's original trilogy prequel sequel
0: that would be um release
1: order then i'm guessing i'm I'm trying to think if there's any other options i guess reverse no um do do you do like do you do prequel or uh, original trilogy sequel trilogy that finish with the original trilogy
0: or the prequel trilogy is that was that an option so one of the okay so the options were uh, one of the other ones is called the machete order which was very popular among a lot of the people that we because we polled a lot of people for this and got a lot of responses the machete order is watching episode four, five, then two, three, six, seven, and apparently just skipping one altogether. And I can't remember the reason for that, but that's the machete order. Hmm. Because once you get the reveal of Vader being the father, then you watch his origins leading into course six and six. So that's the machete order. Zinger. Now I do have my order written down zinger's order was watch four five and six of the original like the original non-special edition then watch one two three rogue one then four five six seven special editions for those so that was my order and then the other order that we have here is how they happened watch episode one episode two the clone wars tv so show Then read some comics then three watch the rebels tv so show then some more comics read a few more books then watch Rogue One, then watch episode four, read some more comics and some more books, watch episode five, maybe some more comics at this point, then episode six, probably more comics and books after that, then episode seven. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) I'm going to say you can watch the original trilogy. You can watch the original cut if you can find it. If all you can find is special editions, it's a a lot easier to find, go with that. Then go back and start doing everything in order.
0: All right. All right. So that so that's your answer is release order then. Yes. All right. Also there was one more option 456 skip the rest. Um So Jay, Star Wars fan yay or nay?
2: Yeah, I mean I, I I follow it. I'm not um I'm not die hard about it, but um when I was in high school the the new the whatever they were, you want to call them the newer movies had to come out. That was one, two, and three,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah, I was really into it then. And then, uh, just uh, lately, it, there was just it's so overwhelming anymore with all the stuff. Like I just seen today that the book of Boba Fett is coming out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: This week, I'm like, how I can't even catch up on the Mandalorian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, now, this was this was before any of that. Now it gets even more complicated. Yeah. If you're gonna watch yeah, everything. I, I think,
2: I like the movie order, like Eric said. I like the the way that they came out is the way that I would probably sit down and watch them, just so I can. I like to reference back and mm-hmm. forth to, like, oh, that's why that happened. Now you know. So
0: we are still having an ongoing art. Now this episode was recorded years ago. We have, um, actually the last edit on this episode was done January. I mean, on this do- Google document was done. January eleventh, twenty seventeen. And I feel like that's not even a right date too. I feel like it was a year before. Nope, that would have actually been correct. That would have been within the first few months of Zingus. Ugh. Flashbacks. <laughs> um But
2: four years enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um But we were still having an ongoing discussion between me and Ellie because Ellie's front is you watch them in numeric order, and I said, no, you need to watch that. Because I'm like, it doesn't, the reveal of Vader being the father makes just, ah, it, anyways, there's a whole episode discussing that you can flash back to. And I think several other times we've yelled at each other about that exact thing. So, with that being said, Eric, and you have both chosen correctly, because there is a correct answer to that, and a wrong answer. <laughs> Uh, flashing back to around that same time, episode 17 of Zingness. Oh, back in the good old days. Uh, when discussions went along some of the lines of DLC, the good, the bad, and the horse armor. This was a discussion between me and Ellie about good, bad, and terrible DLC in games. Uh, since then, DLC is still around. It still exists. But the horse armor reference was the famous, you can buy horse armor for... Um, your horse in Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and it costs like five bucks, and if the horse died, you just don't have the armor anymore. So <laughs> with that being said, Eric, what's your opinion on DLC? I, I think it is a mini-edged sword. Um, I think sometimes it is
1: a fantastic way to keep a game going and keep it fresh. Uh, sometimes I think it's a really cool way to surprise and thank loyal players sometimes i think it is a laughable cash grab that is not only ridiculous i don't know it's more ridiculous that they would release it or that sometimes these ridiculous things like the horse armor hmm. like will make a lot of money like you'll see like oh this this dlc where you get like a goblin tattoo that you can barely see or something like that oh it, it, that's why would anyone want to pay five bucks for that and a million dollars have been raised in the first 24 years like that's a terrible example, I, and it's not even one I can think of, but I've seen ones before where there's some ridiculous piece of DLC that's released for some game I'll see on like IGN or Twitter or something, and I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous, and it's like, oh, hey, people are buying it, that's weird. Um I I look at something I mean you if anyone has unless this is your first episode uh, you know I've played <laughs> a lot of Animal Crossing over the past year and a half no and, really uh, a couple months back they just released their big 2.0 update which the free update portion of it in and of itself was massive but then for $25 you essentially got This wasn't just like oh hey here's another like tom nook hat or something like that it was like hey let's basically put this whole second game uh, that you can sink hundreds of hours into onto uh, the original base game that in that, that's an example of dlc done right so when it's something like that where you're adding so much content to a game you're basically uh, giving players a second game for $25 um, like that's cool like that's that's the kind of thing where I'm like that's really cool um but yeah there i mean we're still for everything like that you're seeing the thing where it's like get get a free hat or something like that so uh when it's done right i think it's a really cool thing and it keeps games fresh and exciting you never know what's going to come same with smash brothers i mean we've talked much on here about uh the whole dlc speculation and now that that's done um that's a really cool way to keep people guessing and bringing in new players because you got people who had never played smash before, but Oh, they played Minecraft and Oh, Steve from Minecraft. He's, he's going to be in smash. I remember our friend goobs from uh, secret levels. He, uh, his son plays world of our, um, Minecraft. And when Steve was announced, he was like, Oh, that's cool. I totally want to play. Um, I totally want to play as Steve. And another friend of mine was saying the same thing. His son totally was like, I want to get Steve. I want to get into Smash because of Steve. So it's stuff like that where I think it could be a really cool, fun addition and totally worth the money. Um, But again, that's, I think, in the minority of, of what DLC is.
0: Jay, what about you? Thoughts on DLC? Yay, nay, or completely indifferent?
2: So, like, the way that I've always looked at DLC is if you really invest time and money or time into a game like Fallout. So Fallout 4, I... Uh, it's a 500 hour game, and then they put out all the DLC on the on the back end, and I obviously spent the other 60 bucks to to play through all that. So, I guess the way that I kind of you know really look at it is, do you do you really just invest in more into a game that you're really into? Because if I play a game for a day or two, I'm obviously not going to buy DLC or any uh, micro purchase or anything like that off the game, but I guess if you devote a good bit of time into anything, whether it be, you know, Call of Duty or Halo or, uh, uh, yeah, Skyrim, you know, if, if you have stuff like that, I guess I see it like if you're buying a battle pass or you're, but you're making these companies millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. when you do that. And I don't know. I'm kind of, I guess, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you have the money and you want to do it, I mean, that's how this, Whole video game thing kinda works now, right? All the microtransactions and
0: Well, I mean my my, my, my thing was this. And I think I remember in that episode we did complain about a few games that sort of had the true ending as like a DLC instead of just an expansion thing, which that did irritate us. I know that pops up now and then in games. But aesthetic stuff, like if I wanna buy like here's the okay, here's a great example. I bought Assassin's Creed again. Uh, Odyssey for the PC. And did I buy Hades armor that gives my character a boost and looks like I'm wearing molten lava on me? Heck, yes I did cuz I like it. It's aesthetically it's something that's aesthetically pleasing does it give me a benefit in the game? Slightly. Did I pay for the, like the XP bonus and stuff like that to make the game easier? No. But it's there if I want to do that to the game. On the side note, speaking of Halo, Right now, at the time of this recording, there is a... a, Everything Halo-wise for the multiplayer is all aesthetic-based. None of it stats-based. None of it increases your stats. None of it does nothing. You can buy cat ears for your armor right now. Pay real money to buy cat ears. Is that something people are doing? Yes, I have seen several people with cat ears on their armor. Did I pay for (laughs) something that has a little teabag on the side of my gun? you're god dang right i did it's 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 all what you want to put into it is it aesthetically pleasing for me to see that yes is it worth it, the x amount of money i paid for it yes do i have cat ears on my armor at the time of this recording no but anything can happen
2: yeah i, I noticed that all the armors on halo are like 10 bucks
0: yeah i was like
1: really? 10 bucks
0: yeah that's Ins- a lot <laughs> yeah but that's that, that that's the thing it's the game's free to play, so they're trying to make their money off of that. If you want to play the campaign, then yes, that is an additional, and of course, you get the battle pass and other stuff like that. But my thing is this. If you're willing to spend the money, if that's kind of like, if it's bad DLC, don't buy it. Like, that's how you teach the lesson. But at the same time, people are going to buy. If you give them the option, people will buy stuff just to buy stuff. A prime example: Eric won't stop playing Animal Crossing. If they if they gave him a shader to change the color of everything in Animal Crossing, he'd buy it in a heartbeat.
1: know yeah, about that?
0: <laughs> he hesitated.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I I did think about it for a second. Um, I mean, I, I I there is a certain line where. Well, so okay, another example of DLC that like I didn't feel it was necessary to buy. I love Splatoon and Splatoon Two uh splatoon 2 had a whole separate dlc campaign that you could buy um and it would let you get certain armor and you could play as Octolings as opposed to just the inklings um and it was supposed to be like a really good separate story mode campaign it looked really cool i felt and i mean when it came out i was still like really big into splatoon 2 i never felt the need to get it though maybe one of these days i will but i mean splatoon 3 is on the horizon they've confirmed it's coming out sometime next year i probably will never buy it so it all kind of depends but then again i didn't put near the time i put it in splatoon 2 that happened to animal crossing so uh and i still am so who's to say i say this now and it cuts to monday and it's like hey new to animal crossing the shader expansion for 20 dollars i'm like mm, go on so, I- <laughs> so we'll see we'll see how that goes but yeah i mean it really is kind of a uh a case by case basis like i think of times where i'm like well, so okay. Another example. I, I'm, sometimes I'm like, I, I will assume I will play a game uh, more than I did when Marvel Ultimate Alliance three came out uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like super excited about it, and I had twenty dollars in eShop credit. I had gotten a gift certificate, and I had it there. And there was like an expansion pass. So like, oh, and you know, in, you know, a few months this this is going to come out, and a few months this is going to come out, and then in a few more months this is going to come out. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's going to have all this new stuff. There's and. When it's because it wasn't releasing right away, they're like, We're still working on it. I'm not like, Oh, this isn't like we're selling you an incomplete game and we're going to charge you more. They're like, We're still actually working on this additional content. I'm like, Sweet, you know what? Here's my 20 bucks. I not only never finished the original base campaign, I've never even touched the game since the, any of the DLC came out. So that's one of those things where, like, I, I sometimes I'll be super quick to jump the gun and be like, Yes, they're still working on it. That's awesome. I'm totally going to get it and then. I ever touch it but then there's other times Where there's games where I have like Continued to play it and then I've been like eh, Maybe I'll get the DLC later on I just never do so I guess it's always kind of weird so I do kind of I think I am a little more Hesitant Now to kind of uh, Immediately jump into DLC Because sometimes I am sort of like you know am I Really gonna am I really gonna put Another 20 hours or 10 hours Or is this worth the three extra Hours I might put into the game so I don't Know it depends um yeah my oh
0: i I was just gonna say i wanted to prove a point real quick uh two-part thing jay i will let you i'll let you interject but i want two-part thing to eric real quick one you do own the sanyo cards for animal crossing correct yes so point proven on anything for animal crossing part two on that do (laughs) amiibos count as dlc so here is the thing about amiibo like i kind of can
1: see them as sort of a physical dlc however One thing Nintendo has been very good about with this is... I can't... Someone's going to probably prove me wrong. The stuff that is locked behind the Amiibo is either A, stuff you can end up getting in the game, it might just give you an early access to it, or B, um, is purely aesthetic Mm -hmm. and does not provide any actual um, benefit to you other than this will make your character look different or something like that. So I have heard a lot of people refer to amiibo as um as sort of physical dlc but even if you don't use it like i have a ton of amiibo and i would say i would say more than half of them i have never scanned into a game um but they're just cool figures to have um so that's just sort of a double dose thing it's like oh i have this cool figure of this video game character with that added benefit of Oh, I can scan them into certain games and maybe get an item or a weapon or a special thing. So yeah, I can see that.
0: All right. Go ahead, Jay. Sorry, I want I, I wanted to ask that real quick. So I'm like, that's an interesting thing that we had all thought of on that far off episode seventeen of Zingness.
2: Oh no, yeah, that's that's I was just gonna say, like, um my my daughter's a, obviously she's a Fortnite player. So she's that age. She, her friends play that and stuff. So they come out with their, they have their battle pass every, every, you know, whatever it is, three months or six months or whatever it is, they run their battle pass, which is like 10 bucks or something like that. But, and that's fine with me because she play. it's, I like to get my kids into playing video games. They, they like to play. So I don't really, you know, ever say no about that. But uh, do you guys think about that on, you were saying about DLC and the money that's being spent and stuff like that? I just can't imagine how much money, like, just in like V Bucks for that game that they have made over oh the my last. Gosh.
0: <laughs> Talk about a game where it's just aesthetics, because isn't that all that? I... Okay, basically yes. I was about yes. to say, I I've played Fortnite. Eric, have you ever played Fortnite? I have played Fortnite. Do you understand or are any good at it? No, and no. Okay, same, Jay. <laughs> I guess
1: I kind of. I mean, I guess I get what ultimately we're supposed to do, but like, I'm not good at it. The few rounds I played, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me.
0: Jay, what about you?
2: Um, I'll I'll sit there if I'm if I'm bored and don't have anything, and I just want the the numbness of playing a game. I guess I'll I'll jump on and play a couple rounds, and you know, I usually I usually win a good bit of the rounds that I play. I don't know if I'm playing little kids or. It's something like that, but it always seems like I do pretty well. But it's just one of those games that it's, it's mindless, you know, there's nothing really interesting about it, but it's just something to play at, at that time.
0: I just feel I'm so out of touch. I, I can't play it. Like give, give me Halo, give me destiny, give me gears, give me a game that's solid like that and I can do fine that I just like, I remember there was a time I played it and my two, um, the two older stepdaughters, were mocking me the entire time of why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? I'm like, cause it's cause it's a shooter. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. So I was all fired. it. Speaking of which is a perfect segue. Episode 20 is Zingness over the top shooter versus realistic shooter. Bang, bang, shoot 'em ups. So this is a discussion between me and Ellie which we preferred the over the top shooter like Halo, Fortnite, destiny versus a more realistic shooter. I'm not going to say Call of Duty because that's still over the top, but something, I guess, more like Battlefield or something like that, or um, even though it still is a little bit over the top, uh, The Division, sort of. So, Eric, I think you might have shown your hand in this uh, realistic versus over-the-top shooter. Which do you prefer if you're playing a shooter? I like that over-the-top. And that would be example as Like Splatoon. Ah, showed your hand earlier, sir. And I believe Jay did too. Jay, over-the-top versus realistic.
2: Well, as big of a Halo player that I I have been in my life, I was a really, really big player-unknown Battlegrounds player for probably three years. And we were, I mean, we were up there pretty good in in the ranking, and, and they started messing with the game. And so I really... I'm kind of in the moment kind of person though. Like I'll go downstairs and play Halo right now and have, you know, not have to, but it's, it's all, I guess it's all in how I feel that day. I can't really, I, I've, I've, I guess I have always played the over the top shooter though. Mm-hmm.
0: I I just prefer the over the top shooter. Cause I did play like rainbow six back in the day. And I remember that online was basically, if you got nicked with a bullet, your health was gone. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's cool because of the realism, but at the same time, when you unload an entire clip into somebody, and like Call of Duty, which is I still say an over the top, but of course they have like the hardcore mode and stuff like that. It's I I prefer the the the, re, the over the top versus the realistic, just because the realistic. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm a running gun player. If if my KD is completely out of whack, it's if I had fun playing, I'd rather run around than camp. So. Yeah, that's my strategy, and I shoot them up. Um, next topic, which was actually a recent episode of The Illustrious Gentleman. They borrowed our episode 230, Our Favorite Superman, where we had guest host, I mean, guest, um, guest on the episode. There we go. I can speak again. Scott Gillespie, um, who has actually drawn Superman for the comics and is currently drawing for, uh, Brian Michael Bendis's, um, League uh Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes which I think will be coming out this month in January or has already started either one um we had him on to discuss his favorite Superman interpretations stuff like that Eric I'm sure with your eidetic memory you remember that episode oh yes I was there so, I
1: was present
0: yes you were and we drank and we drank alcohol for that episode so it we was did. it was a time and I still stand by my um bold uh, ginger ale bold with uh whiskey mm, that was good but this question is directed at Jay Jay Superman oh, fan if so what is your favorite interpretation of the Man of Steel
2: um I, I might be I don't know I, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the new ones I'll tell you that um I didn't care for any of them okay uh, I'm more I'm more of the old school Superman movies I All don't right. know I just get I get that feel out of the, the older 70s movies that I, I still feels more Superman to me than some of the newer ones. I I just think that they – I don't know. They, they needed a, um, a more of a finesse in some of those movies. I, I don't know. I just didn't care for them.
0: No problem. I mean, heck,
1: on that episode, I talked about the 1938 – like the 1930s Max Fleischer cartoons. So I... <laughs> it's perfectly okay to go back. That's for sure. Because I'm with you. I kind of like newer Superman. There's something about him that just kind of like – it's never really clicked with me that much. So I I agree with you. I I do enjoy like the the Christopher Reeve movies and uh, some of the older uh, Golden and Silver Age interpretations. I I think – Go go ahead, Jay.
2: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean I'll watch any movie and I I always find an interest in everything that I watch like – but I, I just don't know sometimes that the, the newer adaptations of some movies just just aren't there I guess
0: All right All right fair enough I just wanted to see where, where you came from with it cuz I remember that we discussed some stuff um I believe Ryan Cody the co-host of The Illustrious Gentleman did a pre like lineup for his, for them using this as a guest episode for them and he had mentioned that the um, Lois and Clark Superman like the new adventures, the 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 new one that just like airing now, that he preferred that version, the one yeah. from Supergirl and everything, which I think was not available or was like vaguely on the horizon when we recorded originally. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, th- I you're right. I think it was. So, I don't think it had come out yet.
0: Yeah, so that so that was a cool like thing for them to do that, but also I wanted to bring that topic up because I didn't know if opinions had changed since then, and I wanted to hit Jay with that one to see where his Superman. Line. And I think a lot of... Uh, I don't think we ever mentioned newer stuff when it came to, like, live action. I think maybe animated was the newest we got with that. Moving on to to, to open another can of worms in the video game realm. Episode 172 of Zignus: Digital versus f- Physical Video Games. Yes, if I remember correctly, Eric was on this episode, but... Yes. But we have Jay here, and this is an ongoing argument that I believe we will have to the end of time. So, Jay, digital versus physical for video games, where does um, your heart lie?
2: If it's if it's a franchise that I've always been interested in, like the Fallout games and the, and the Elder Scroll games, I buy them as physical copies.
0: All right. Now everything
2: else, everything else, I, it's pretty much all digital now.
0: All right, Eric
1: uh i still stand if i remember correctly what i because i think what i just what i discussed on the episode is like when there's a game that i know i'm gonna play that kind of has a definite start and end like an rpg or an action adventure game something like that um i like to get physical uh i think it's cool just having a nice collection on a shelf um but that way when it's done it's not taking up space other than like some save data which is not big usually for games but the actual game is what takes up a lot of it you know the game files are not taking up space on you know the internals and stuff like that but if it is a game that i know i'm going to be playing a lot it's a more of an evergreen title um i like to get that digitally um things like animal crossing smash brothers mario kart um of the two mario parties that are currently out on the switch one i got physical but one i got digital um stuff like that stuff i know that i'm going to be hopping into on a regular basis Uh, I like to have digital because I can hop into it at a moment's notice. Um, But at the same time, though, like if someone were to gift me one of those games physical that I wanted digital, I wouldn't turn it down. Or conversely, something that I wanted to get physical, if they're like, hey, here's digital code, I wouldn't turn that down either. Um, I do also think it's cool collecting indie games on that are physical things that are normally digital or might might be smaller than uh, like something like limited run games. They do a physical run, uh, run of a game. I like to pick that up sometimes just because I think it's a cool thing to have. Um, for instance, the original Knights of the Old Republic, they that just got released on Switch. But then I hadn't gotten around to picking it up. I was like, oh, I'll get it at some point. I've always wanted to play it. And then Limited Run is doing a physical print of it. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm getting that because I think that'd be a cool thing to have physically on the Switch. So um, it all kind of, I, I, it's kind of a smattering of answers I have there. So I, there's, there is a rhyme to my reason, I swear, but, uh, I do like having that collection physically, but at the same time, uh, sometimes for convenience, I like to get digital or for the, just the sake of having a collectible physical.
0: Uh, I think the opinion of Zingness has, or the Zinger household, sorry, I'm not speaking for Eric with this has officially turned to long live digital physical media must die. Um, <laughs> Because me and Ellie have kind of vaguely switched a little bit more towards PC gaming, which is all, I mean all digital on physical drives. But I still understand the aspect of physical. It's just I know a lot of people who we um, communicate with through Zingness are big collectors. While I like, uh, I don't know. It's just something. It's never (sighs) i I'm kind of siding with Jay because yes, do I have physical copies of Halo? Oh, yeah. Do I have the physical systems that are the Halo Special Editions? You know it. Do I also have digital copies of all those that I can actually play on my PC or on an updated version? Yes, because I would never go back and play those on their original systems because trying to find the wires, if something's not working correctly. Right. If it can, it's one of those things. I like having a, di- a physical copy of something that's like means a lot to me. But if I'm actually going to be playing it, a f- digital copy would be better if it's on something that can run it to where I don't have to, oh, let me find my Xbox. Oh, let me see if my TV has this connection. Like I said, it's one of those things.
1: I think we're moving towards, I mean, even since we recorded that episode a couple years ago, I think we're moving more and more towards. Jesus Christ, that was a couple years ago. That, that, that too. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying Jesus Christ, like we're moving closer to Jesus Christ. I was like, no, 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 no. You know, weird I, flex, I, but okay. <laughs> I, I, no, I just,
0: I just realized, I'm like, wait, that's yeah. episode 172. I thought it was 272. And I'm like, oh, that was like 10 episodes ago. I,
1: no, I, I, I recorded that. This was, this is when we recorded in person.
0: Yeah. A couple of feet,
1: a feet from each other. Um, No, I, I think we're moving towards a future where it is going to be, I think physical is, going to eventually be a thing of the past uh i think that's fine like i've already kind of decided whatever the true next nintendo thing is i will probably start going primarily digital just because it is so convenient that being said i know that this isn't just i mean this is kind of a this is an issue that a lot of things are running up against is that sort of oh hey this game's compatible with this system but then the next time it might not be compatible or Oh, you still have your old system, but that storefront shuts down. And I, I would like to think that eventually companies are going to make it so their past games will fully be digitally available, compatible with current systems, their current their current consoles and stuff like that. But that's that's the one thing because there are some things like people talk about the Wii Shop Channel and the DSiWare channel, how those have shut down, and unless you have all those downloaded still um you don't have access to those and like my launch day Wii, it died the hard drive died i do not have access to any of the dlc games that i bought on there like there is no way for me to get those so like i'm out of and there's a lot of money i spent on games i mean would i probably go play them again no uh but i had some fun games that were on there And at least to say oh they're still living on the system we want thing but i don't have a way to do that even though it's tied with my nintendo account which i still have unless they implement something in the future saying hey here it is. We're putting all our Wii stuff there. You can download everything. Like, I'm out of luck with those things. So, I'm hoping they finally they start com- that all companies will start finding a better way to let you have access to your entire library. And, like, hey, this might have been on the Switch that you got this game, but, you know, two systems from now in, you know, 10, 15 years, you'll still be able to have access to that. And you can play that through emulation or
0: whatever. So, Please. I go, go ahead. Go ahead. So Xbox
2: does that already. Like everything that you've bought prior to Mm
0: -hmm. that
2: dates back all the systems, if you bought it digitally, you can download it at any time. So even back to like uh, whenever the 360 was starting to put some of the games digital, they started doing that. So you could go back and buy the games out of, out of the Xbox store as long as you had purchased them, purchased them digitally before.
1: Yeah. Were there some games on Xbox, though, that weren't able to be? Or is it, like, everything you bought, like, on the 360, you can you can download, like, on Series X slash S? Or was it, like, certain games you couldn't do that with?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's still some stuff hanging out there. There's probably licensing problems. right? And so, but most of the stuff that I did download on direct to my one is... You know, I can just go down. and You can see they have a big list of everything on there that you've ever downloaded, and you can just yeah. go back, click on it. It'll, it'll download it again. But to get to the point too, you're saying about the disc version and the digital version. Now, if you buy anything on a disc, as soon as you put it in the Xbox, it loads it onto the hard drive anyway. So it's not even like you put, you don't play anything off a disc running live. Everything is downloaded onto the hard drive as soon as you put the game in anyway. You got to wait to it to load into the hard drive
0: um as a quick side note i do want to point this out i do agree with the xbox thing i know that the few times to- i mean whenever i do actually turn on my xbox and it's like what are you doing are you sure this is a good move um i i have been able to see other stuff i can download is it everything i think there's a few things that still have like rights issues and stuff but not to pc master race for a second but to pc master race for a second um Steam has it to where there are games that you cannot purchase, but I can still download because I purchased them. Like, for example, the Grand Theft Auto games are not available for purchase, but since I have bought them, I can download them at any time because I own, like, the whatever. It's linked to my account. So that's the benefit with that. My example was going to be, Eric, what what do you play Chrono? If you were going to play, if I was like Eric, we're reviewing Chrono Trigger next week. Uh, do a playthrough of it. I know it's completely pointless because you know that game front and back. <laughs> what would you play it on though?
1: I mean, cur- I mean, currently I would probably. I own it on my Super NES, but my Super NES, I currently don't have anything to play it, hook it up to uh or it's not working properly cuz I just tried recently. Uh I do have it on DS I probably that's probably what I would play it on but if I needed to at a moment's notice I could download it on my phone or my iPad or something like that. So but I don't but yeah I mean it's the kind of thing where like I'd, I would have to kind of pick and choose I can't just like pick up like a legacy system and, and
0: immediately like be like oh hey here it is. Cuz cuz like for example once again not trying to PC master race um I have it on PC. It's always going to be available on my Steam account as long as Steam's able to utilize it, which I don't see them ever not being able to utilize that. So that's the thing. It's like, depending on what you have, that's why I like the ability of, I I just own this IP for, or this this item now, no matter how many PCs I go through or do anything with, it's there and it makes it a little bit easier for me to get my hands on and play it again if I want to. Um mm. Moving on, because I think this will just be just continuing. I, I swear we could do part <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, have Toby oh, on to course. argue how he has the most pristine collection of Nintendo games or something. Uh, moving on, episode six of Zing This. Could Rogue One change the Star Wars universe for good? <laughs> this was recorded prior to the viewing of Rogue One. Now with 200 episodes later, several years and what we've seen the dust come settle and reget disturbed by Rogue One, Eric, do you think Star do you think Rogue One changed Star Wars? I think it changed
1: it? No, do I think it added some really cool bits of lore and stuff? Absolutely.
0: My thing is this was a mislabeled episode. It should have been called would the could the Mandalorian change the Star Wars universe? Because that 110% has shown that Star Wars deserves a spot on the small screen. Jay, any responses to that?
2: Cool. Uh yeah, I mean I that's a, that's tough because the way that I guess Rogue One ended. I mean oh, with the yeah. <laughs> with the plans and everything. So I, I don't know. Said, that's, that's, that's tough to say it changed it. I don't know. But if that had been like the first movie,
0: uh, yeah, who knows? I, it was just a topic. I remember we were trying to come up with stuff. Like I said, it was within the first 10 episodes of Zingness. And it was seriously like, I think me, I think it was back when Rob was on every now and then. And me and him discussed like, well, could this change Star Wars? Cause we had just seen trailers and stuff. And I think we undersold just how I, Rogue One is one of my favorite Star Wars movies because I'm a Star Wars fan. Do what
1: by far yeah i was agreeing with you it's 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 amazing it's it's easily one of my favorites but for it's for
0: sure it's it's people's favorites because you're a star wars fan it's not because it's a good movie it's because you're a star wars fan and it hits every button for you for the most part um next one episode 22 of zingness and this is one that i want to revisit because of the actual title the tommy westfall universe sorta This was something I had brought up to Ellie way early on in Zygnus. Eric, would you like to explain vaguely what Tommy Westfall is? The reason I'm bringing it up here is I want to see your favorite connection with the Tommy Westfall universe. Jay, if you have no clue what that is, Eric will explain now.
1: So in the show St. Elsewhere, the episode ends and the entire series, it was St. Elsewhere, right?
0: Yes, I actually have the Google Doc from this too. So I've got this pulled up. Okay, good. I'm, as much as I as
1: I love the Tommy Westfall theory, I don't know why I always I'm like. I'm pretty sure I always want to say I always hesitate, because I always want to go. It was Hill Street Blues. No, it was not. It was it was St. Elsewhere. Anyway, St. Elsewhere ends, and it was like the entirety of the episode or the series it was implied to have taken place within the mind of this boy named Tommy Westfall. However, uh, one of the characters from there had crossed over into. Um, other TV shows and other characters from those shows, they crossed over other TV shows and so on and so forth. So it's saying that, so the theory basically says that like 95% of all television shows take place in an interconnected universe that are all within the mind of this young boy, Tommy Westfall. And that is everything from not even just everything from Hill street blues up through, um, present day, but going back to like early television, like I love Lucy's in there and the Dick Van Dyke show is in there, but then it covers realistic shows like Saint Elsewhere, but it also covers things like The Lost and The X Files. And it's great. And in comedies like Arrested Development or mm-hmm. very serious TV show, like there are so many shows in there. And I have actually not looked recently to see what like some recent TV shows are that are in this universe. But sometimes it'll be connections like characters, sometimes it'll be like a brand that appears in something. Yep. Uh, or even just a reference to something like just even a very passing reference to whatever.
2: Oh, gr- great. Thank you. I didn't want to sleep tonight now, you know, so now I'm going <laughs> to, I'm telling you, I've never, I've never heard of that. And that it is, is
0: beyond
1: awesome. fascinating. It is super cool. It is super cool. How you find these little things and you're like, Oh my God, it is really all connected.
0: <laughs> so, the reason I bring this up is we're not going to go into a full episode on it because I want to do this again at some point. But uh, Eric, do you have a favorite connection that you would Gosh. like to bring up? Because you were not on this episode. And there are. A I lot. was not on. I was not.
1: I was not on this one. Um, I love how um, there is a candy bar. There's like a fictional. There's a bunch of fictional foods and products and stuff like that. Like I know there's Morley cigarettes, but there's a particular candy bar and it was featured on a lot of shows from like the
0: mid I to late I actually have Morley cigarettes on cuz I like I said I have the um oh my gosh I wonder if that's the list of okay I I found my show notes from that episode can continue I just I I might have something <laughs> for the Morley cigarettes thing nice
1: um so there was a candy bar and I'm blanking on what it was called but it was featured on like Lost and Scrubs and um God, I can't remember. There was one other one, but then like from from Lost, you know, there was the Oceanic Airlines, which is where the plane they were in. That was the, the fictional airline, and Oceanic has been featured in a lot of different TV shows as well. So all of those are kind of connected. Out um, another one that kind of goes back into like early television is um, there was an episode of Mad About You, and it was narrated by the character of Alan Brady. Alan Brady is the character from the Dick Van Dyke Show from the nineteen sixties, and Rob Petrie, Dick Van Dyke's character. He was the head writer of the Alan Brady show. So that connects a very old TV show to a show from over 30 years later. So, and then from there, I can't think specifically off the top of my head. I would have, I would have, if I know we were going to talk about this, I would have totally gone. Oh no, no, no. I, 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 I wanted to hit
0: show. you with these off the top of your head. Cause <laughs> I said, I want to revisit this, this, this topic. Um, absolutely. So, so,
1: so then, so then, and then, Okay, so Mad About You was was featured as part, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when they did that one uh, must-see TV Thursday where all the shows were set in New York and there was like a blackout. So all the shows, even though they never really had crossovers, were all affected by this blackout. So that connected all those shows together. And then it would be like, oh, well, this show crossed over with this character or this or that or this or that. So, um yeah those are those are a few where i love how these shows that that were all on around the same time shows they're all connected but then you have it being tied back to the dick van dyke show from the 1960s
0: uh fun Uh, fact that um that cigarette thing that you mentioned yes uh dick i did find a list and yes the list i had was from like different shows that have featured that that whatever morley or morley morley cigarette brand um Dick Van Dyke does feature. Wow. Um, Episode uh, Sally is a girl. um, December 1961. um, It brings a box of Morley cigarette, chocolate cigarettes. So there's that. (laughs) Um, Curb your enthusiasm. As recently as March, 2020 featured a pack in one of the episodes. So it's throughout, um, I, I, like I said, I had a list and I'm not going to read from there. I'm going to read from the list that I had for the show notes, uh, X-Files, Psycho, the end, the world's end, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Breaking Bad, Friends, Heroes, Twilight Zone, and Seinfeld all featured this cigarette brand. So also, um, John Munch is a character yes. um, that is in Homicide, Life on the Streets, but his character has also appeared in Law and Order Special Victims Unit. He has also popped up in several of the other Law and Orders. The Wire, The X-Files, Arrest Development, and 30 Rock. So that means all those shows technically take place in the same universe. Um, Go ahead, Jay. Sorry, I've been holding off on saying, let let you say something.
2: No, I'm just looking at my walls in here to try to find out where I can start
0: putting this all together. (laughs) (laughs) It, it, it is a dive, and I'm going to say some of it's flimsy as all get out because, yes, The Simpsons is connected to X-Files because Mulder and Scully appear in The Simpsons.
1: Which then connects it to 24 because Jack Bauer also appeared in The Simpsons, which also connects it to The Critic those shows to the critic because <laughs> jay sherman the critic was on there which
0: I, so. see this this could go on for a while but also um waylon utonics for anyone who is uh familiar with the aliens franchise uh they also appear in Buffy the vampire slayer angel and firefly as a company that exists in those universes so fun facts there um i'm gonna move on because that is really fun to talk about i do want to do an episode on it so we need
1: we need to revisit that. I because I was I was not on that episode. I I can talk Tommy Westfall for sure.
0: So there's an episode for you, Jay, of uh, paranormal weirdness. All TV shows are connected. You're welcome. Uh, well, yeah, thank
2: you for the for the sleepless nights.
0: Oh yeah! <laughs> if if you ever get bored, just just look that up and you will have endless fun. Um, episode nine of Zingness. Wait, that movie is based on a book. I don't remember what we picked for this. I tried to discover the show notes for this, could not find anything, but it was us finding movies that we did not know were based on books. So off the top of your head, YouTube, do you, can you think of any movies that people might not know were based on books originally? Big Fish, the Tim Burton movie. Really? Oh, like... Yes. I have not read the book, but
1: I loved the movie and everyone I have talked to has said, this is a rare example of the movie being better than the
2: book. Hmm. You know, what always got me is um, when the walking dead was really big and uh, I would tell people, I'm like, well, that's not how it happened in the comic book. And they go, it's a comic book. <laughs> what comic book? And I'm like, but <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even, I, I just, he's already dead in the comic book. No, he's, you know, you'd have that conversation with people too. Just
0: Perfect. to ruin their
1: dead. and that character didn't even exist in the comic book.
0: Exactly. Yeah. What wasn't that? Um. What's his name from Boondock Saints? Doesn't exist in the comic, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, character. he's not. Yeah. No. Um. Mine. I'm gonna go with, and if you've been a long listener, to Zingness, you're gonna know where I'm going with this. Um. The Meg is actually a series of books that is an interconnected universe onto itself. So the the movie about a giant shark coming, uh, still being alive and attacking Jason Statham in the ongoing Jason Statham universe, is based on a series of books, not just a book, a series of books that is supposed to have, I think, its next installment coming out soon. Should probably look into that. But yeah, so that's my. I don't think I had that one for that. It was just I just wanted to pull that out because I'm like Eric has some. Random knowledge. I want to see if Jay had anything. And, and like I said, Walking Dead, a lot of people didn't realize that's based off of a comic book series. But also, as a side note, me and Eric do at some point need to talk about Invincible. Like our yes. final thoughts on the entire. Because you finished the comic book series, haven't you? Yes. And I'm almost done with it. Like, it was one of those things I plowed into and then just kind of gradually slowed down. But we have more coming out from that. The move. Yes. I mean the show, of course. So so yes, and definitely check that out. I never got into The Walking Dead, so shame on me. Or whatever. I mean I'm either or with it. Zombies are kind of played out. Controversial statement. Um eh. next one up is this and, and, and I don't know where you guys land with this. Episode eleven of Zingness. Warrior versus Mage. What RPG class do you normally play? So are you guys RPG players? And if so, are you a tank? Are you a mage? What do you normally like to play as in RPGs? Jay, gonna hit you first.
2: Oh, okay. Um, when I first started playing RPGs, when I start, um, let's go to Diablo One. I Ooh. was always, a, I was always a warrior. You know, they're they're barbarian in that class. Uh, go into Diablo Two and. Into um, the Elder Scrolls stuff, mm-hmm. I started playing as mages, and then you enter uh, Diablo three and Skyrim. I I always play as a dark elf or a dark mage,
0: a right. chaotic
2: mage, I guess.
0: All right, all right, got a mage. I I, I thought you were gonna stick with warrior, but you went mage. Shame. Eric, what about you? I I
1: love a good RPG. I love playing games where you can like create cl- create a character in a class. I've always been drawn to so a couple things. I've always even been drawn to like a jack of all trades kind of class. Like I've always enjoyed being able to like on the fly like oh cool, I'm out, you know, fighting or oh, you know, someone needs a heal. I could do that or oh, we need to we need to have some good magic. I can switch on the fly. Like I've always been a fan of playing a, a jack of all trades kind of character um i also like choosing whenever there's like a really weird character class like you've got your warrior you got your mage you got your druid then you've got like cat <laughs> like, like give me the weird class like i always like playing the weird class because they always have some sort of quirky kind of um g- g- gimmick that i always think is a lot of fun um so i so like you know if if i'm playing like a more fantasy themed RPG and there happens to be a class that's more like technology based I'll choose that or if I'm playing like a sci-fi RPG that has a more magic based class then I'll you know, there are more fantasy in the sci-fi world then I'll totally go with that so I yeah so I either like the weird the weird kind of offbeat class or sort of a jack of all trades like for example red mage in Final Fantasy cuz they can do uh, offensive magic and healing magic but they can also uh do
0: actual life weapon combat too all right all right i i've i've it's one of those things i know we've known each other but i'm like i don't know where he lands with what he likes for for this so fascinating and interesting um and the next one i got here hold on
2: Hey, what was your you didn't oh, say what I yeah.
0: tank I tank the tank the tank tank tank. I just tank. <laughs> like every every time I'll try to do something else and it's like, nah, I'm just gonna tank it. Um with the shooters and stuff like that, it's like can I can can I just plow through everything, just firing every I mean, for example, in Destiny I play a Titan, which is basically tank tank tank. When I did hmm. play Warcraft, I tanked the tank to tank. I just I just might might as well have treads because 'cause I'm just tank everywhere I go. Which is handy because Ellie's normally mage. So
2: You're always dwarven.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm always I'm always just tanking it. So yeah. That and with stats too. Um on that note, uh episode forty four of Zingness. Top ten sci-fi slash fantasy movies with down the hall podcast. And I don't think that podcast exists anymore, so Um, great, great topic, great crossover episode for us to discuss many different sci fi movies. Which technically, it was a top 10 that did not include Star Wars or Lord of the Rings because we said that those were automatically off the table. So, I don't expect you guys to give me a top 10 list, but what do you think should be on this list? And I will attempt to remember what we had with that being said i will have jay go first
2: so recently uh i've been into uh, not not recently i guess they're a couple years old now is uh the martian and interstellar okay. were fantastic you know. We're fantastic like sci-fi like we're going to other planets and um there was another one oh i can't remember the name oh sorry was... i
0: top sci-fi fantasy war movies war movies sorry oh i was like the martian doesn't Um, have any um, battle in it i'm like oh crap i don't think i said war at the end of that statement martian is still good though yeah also based on a book Uh,
2: you got me lost now now i gotta completely change my train of thought here eric go So sci-fi war
0: movies yes sorry i i forgot to put war on the end of it my bad Eric, hit oh, us with man. one. Hit, hit us with one so so Jake can recover
1: from that. I I am also kind of blanking because I immediately am going to Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And
0: See that, that, that's really why we did not there. have those because we felt it would be yeah. cheating and out of place to have those. So
1: I mean, the I mean, the close okay. So here's what I'm going I'm going to go with is it's an older movie, but it's still I think a very important one. The day the Earth stood still.
0: All right. Um,
1: because the, the, this this was one of those movies that really took science fiction seriously. And uh, it did feature war because it was sort of about trying to end war, and it was like aliens sort of, kind of exerting their will and saying like, "You're going to destroy yourselves if you continue doing this." So, um, and of course, it was remade. Uh, God, ten, fifteen, somewhere in the past ten or fifteen years, and like I think Keanu I think it was, it, was longer it was, than that. Yeah. Either way, it was some time in there, but the original one was from the. 50- 60 something like that but it's one of those where i think it really started taking um because it came out during the cold war and it was an allegory for that so it was really taking sort of this real world this real world war no matter how non-violent it was uh and sort of presenting it in a way that is is entertainment but it's sort of like hey be be careful because this is going to um this this could be you destroying yourselves if you don't take heed. So uh, maybe not maybe not your typical big scale uh, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings battle, but I think it's a, it's an important uh,
0: example in this question. Um, the day the Earth stood still, nineteen fifty one um, remake, two thousand eight. Also, episode, season three, episode seven of Futurama: The Day the Earth Stood Stupid. <laughs> That's a good episode. It is a good episode. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I If we can include TV shows, then I'm totally
1: throwing in battle- the new Battlestar Galactica, because I love that show.
0: I'll allow it, because like I said, this isn't part of that episode. I just wanted to bring it up to see what you guys had to offer. Uh, Jay, got anything?
2: Yeah, I, I uh, quick Google search, re- refresh my, <laughs> my mind a little bit, but real good 90s one that i don't know was on your list or not but starship troopers that obviously- is the
0: exact one i was going to say because i know me and ellie had it so thank you sir mm, why I, don't know how I blanked on that because i love that movie it's so good yeah
2: i it's- just whenever whenever you hit me with the war thing i go i know what i just i where's my phone like i gotta find it because you know i i have those brain slips whenever i'm oh, it's no problem about- man but uh another good one if you want to talk i guess Sci-fi warish movies and kind of that. It, whenever I did that, and it came up, and um, the Matrix came up. So Which, I don't know if you want to include that in that kind of universe, but that was the
0: Matrix was obviously huge in the in the I would early.
1: Absolutely time. consider that a, a sci-fi war movie.
0: I I For really sure. really wish I knew where because I had a Google Doc with like everyone's list on it, and everything. And I guess because the thing is, I'll reuse some Google Docs. I'll just erase everything and go to the next thing. I think that was a sad sacrifice of me doing that. So whoops. Um, I, I know Starship Troopers was on there. I think 300 made the list. And I want to say Transformers 1986 was on mine. Because of course it is. Um, no, that, that that was a great discussion. Like I said, taking uh, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars out definitely affected it. But Starship Troopers is a good pick. Uh, the satire, everything with it, it's, it's, it's a great movie, and I feel like we've discussed it on Zygnus, but it could always be revisited, um, so, good pick, um, moving on to the next topic, I don't remember what episode this is, but I do have the notes pulled up for it, so, let me just double check, um, this this was in the very early part of Zignus, and this is just me throwing stuff out there because I did find our notes for this. It was weird stuff in comics, was the topic, and me and Ellie both threw weird stuff in comics at each other. Um, one of the one of the weird things in comics was, who knows who Nicholas Coppola is? You're not ringing a bell. Jay, no. No, this, this is this is a person it's not it's a comic book reference but it's an actual person
1: mm. yes yeah, about well you might <laughs> you might
0: know him better as Nicholas Cage <laughs> mm-hmm. He took his stage name of course from Luke Cage which also of course Nicholas Cage is part of the Coppola family so there you go with that. uh Joker once served as the Iranian ambassador to the UN in the comics. So there's some Weird. fun stuff there. <laughs> um, back in the old days, Superman he could shape shift his body. Uh, Superman could manipulate the muscles in his face and his entire body to assume uh different forms. To um disguise himself, also he was able to fire a tiny version of himself out of his finger. <laughs> uh, there also was a character in. That was part of the Teen Titans called Danny the Street. It was an actual sentient street that existed. So there's some fun, (laughs) weird stuff in comics. Also, if you want a time loop paradox, um, the character of Apocalypse from X-Men and from that terrible movie um, was infected by the techno-organic virus by a time-traveling cable who was played by... Um, God, John, John, Eric, who? Josh Brolin.
1: Yeah, uh, yes, Thanos. yes, yeah, yes.
0: yeah. Was played by Josh Brolin. In the comics, he was infected by Cable. Apocalypse then later infected, um, an infant version of Cable with the same. Virus, thereby making a infinite loop paradox. Because how could Cable infect it? It's one of those things that I hate explaining time travel because it makes my head hurt. <laughs> um. Finally, one more day. I'm not. No Spider-Man spoilers for the movie. I am just talking about the movie, the 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 comic event. One more day. If it has anything to do with the movie, I apologize because I still have not seen it. So uh, one more day after his Aunt May has been shot, Spider-Man seeks out the help, help to save her life. He encounters the demon Mephisto, who's basically the Marvel devil, who offers to save her life if Spider-Man gives up his marriage. Spider-Man and his wife, Mary Jane, agree to give up their marriage. This And this part of their history is a race. So effectively, they never got married. But the fun fact is, They still experienced everything they had experienced in the comics. They just never said, I do. So all the events of them like being together still happened. They just never were married during it. Worst deal ever. Oh, and also somehow I think everyone forgot he was Spider-Man too in that whole event. (laughs) Anyways, those are just a few random weird things from comics. And that is another one we should, um, Revisit to is just weird stuff in comics. I swear I had a longer list of stuff for that. Um, With that being said, I have come to the end of the list of random topics I wanted to revisit real quick with Eric and um, Jay. So definitely I've covered some weird stuff on Zygnus. Definitely opinions can differ because I'm sure if you listen to any of the episodes that we talked about this stuff on before, I'm sure me and Eric have either flip-flopped or been in the same boat we are now for stuff, so mm. who knows? But, Jay, you you discussing the paranormal stuff like that, I want to hit you with a few things. See what you think.
2: <laughs> Go f- fire away.
0: All right. Loch Ness Monster, yay or nay?
2: Mm, dinosaur existing? Nah, nay.
0: But do you think there's something in that lake?
2: Oh, I saw a report the other day that they... they um they eco dna the the water in the in the lock and there is some form of eel that lives in the lock that they they didn't know lived there prior to running this dna test on the actual water mm-hmm. i forget how, i forget how they uh, worded it it's something like um graze dna or so wherever any animal is and great touches something some part of dna ends up there whether it be the water or whatever and so they had found this um, species of eel that does live in the lock. So it's there's, it's a chance that could, that could be it, but I, I don't know.
0: I think that could also explain a lot. Of, Cause I was going to say lake monsters in general afterwards, but I mean, it could all just be eels or sturgeons. Who knows? We
2: have, we have a lake monster around in our uh, area too. We live about 20 minutes from a pretty decent sized lake here in Pennsylvania. And there's a, there's a, you know, thing about a lake monster. And my dad was like, I remember when they flooded that, how would they, how would there be any monster in there? You know, I remember when there was a town there and then they built a dam and flooded the whole valley. So, I mean, tall tales are tall tales sometimes.
0: True. Uh, Eric, yay or nay for lake monsters and um, Nessie? Well, now I think it's just a big eel, so... (laughs) <laughs> uh, converted quickly, awesome. Um, Bigfoot.
1: I I think they live in. That was for Jay. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, that's my answer. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: I've I've always been. You know that Patterson Gimlin film, and every ever since I saw that, I was just always a believer of it. And like, like Eric said, I think they're just maybe live in pods and, or they're interdimensional. So uh, it's, it's one or the other, but I there's too many sightings to, you know, say that there's nothing there.
0: Speaking of sightings, my final thing for you, at least for this, cause I don't want to spoil all of your stuff <laughs> for your show is have you yourself seen anything that you could cover on your show?
2: Uh, one of my episodes early on, well, early on, there's only like 15 of them, but one of the episodes early on we were talking about where I used to live and there were some missing children that, have been, that were found back in the 1800s. They went missing and uh, there was this big, this guy had this dream about these kids and where they were and he was bedridden and they end up finding these kids from all the clues that he tells them. And uh, this is the 1840s, so, it, I mean, it's not like he could have been up and done it and staged it or whatever. So there was like a dead deer and a child's shoe and all this. And they end up finding these kids frozen in, uh, in February or April. And so I lived right across the road from, I lived right across the road from the monument that they had.
0: Mm.
2: So the monument to the kids were about a half a mile down the road from my house uh, I worked second shift at the time and coming home one evening rate right about thirty yards forty yards from that road, two o'clock in the morning, there was two children walking alongside of the road in the cold with their heads down, you know, and it scared the hell out of me oh sorry
1: <laughs> oh, no, it no was a
2: scary it was uh, it was a scary sight i you know and uh i' I'll, I'll always remember that. How it happened, and I, I tell the story really well on my, the episode that I cover it on too. All
0: right. See, I just want to give you the opportunity. Ghosts and stuff like that are something like I I I believe people have seen something, but like I'll go UFO and Bigfoot before I go ghost But that's just me. I don't know. I'm just weird like that. Like I said, I believe you saw something. Do I think it was ghost Ah, uh, I don't know. So that's on me. Yeah. Um. Anyways, speaking of your show, where can people find more from you, sir? Oh, uh,
2: Project Skeptic, uh, we have a Facebook page. You can email me, uh, Project Skeptic Pod at Gmail. Uh, all, all the shows are on absolutely every platform that I can think of right now. Anywhere you get music or listen to any type of podcast, it's on right now. Uh, yeah, social media, or well, the Facebook page, and, you know, email me, and we're slowly getting, you know, I want to get onto different platforms and places like that, too, just to reach out to people and give them a, a place to communicate with me or give me their story or topics or whatever like that too.
0: All right. Awesome. Thank And thank you very much for being on. It was a pleasure to have you get, get you out of your comfort zone a little bit with what you cover on your show. Get see, see, how, see how nerdy you can really be.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was a blast.
0: Oh, no problem, man. Thank, thanks for being a part of it. Eric, where can people find more from you? You can find me at
1: Eric Berg and at Backlog.
0: Eric, how much have you been playing Animal Crossing during this episode?
1: I actually have not played at all during this
0: episode, so there you go. Progress. All right. <laughs> um, you can, of course, find Zingness wherever you find great podcasts. Definitely check us out on there. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and, um, of course, check out our Patreon as well. And um, we'll be back next week with and uh, next year, because I can say that right now with another nerdy topic, so stay tuned.